Those who desire to be rich, temptation, a harmful desire has plunged people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Notice, it's not money itself. Money itself is not evil. It's the love of money. It's the worship of money that's evil. Money itself is just, what is it? It's a piece of paper. It's a couple of coins. But it's the adoration of money, the, the, the worship of money, the idolatry of money. That's the problem. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving, craving, craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Welcome back to Live in the Light. Thanks so much for dialing us in here today. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and with me in our studio is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And you've joined us in the middle of a series on wisdom. We're walking verse by verse through God's Word, praying for radical transformation along the way, and we're sensing some great truths that really anchor our hearts in wisdom. As our hearts understand that truth, then our actions are changing as a result. And today, Robbie, it's wisdom for the money hungry. Right, and because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's why God's word has so much to speak on the issue of our finances, really his money through our lives. Again, where your treasure is, that's where you'll find your heart. Oh, loved ones, we have to have our heart for Christ because our treasure cannot be set, our heart cannot be set on the things of this world. Here's what I know about messages like this. It gets our attention. Here's what I know about messages like this. It brings conviction. It's the world we live in. And here's what I know. Many of you are going to want to hear this again, or you're going to want to pass this on to someone, or you're going to want to go through and say, Lord, I need to change. And that's a great thing. God is loving you in the pursuit of changing you. So Craig, maybe tell our listeners, if they want to get a copy of this message, they want to hear it again online, how do they do that? Yeah, well, for every message that's taught here at Live in the Light, you can go on and get a free copy of the daily message at liveinthelight.ca. That's liveinthelight.ca. And while you're there, you can even order a copy of the entire series of Worth of Wisdom. You can also phone us up at one 844 22 light. That's 1-844-225-4448. And we do encourage you to do that. And hey, while you're phoning us or while you're checking us out online, drop us a note of encouragement or let us know how we can uh, be praying for you. Well, let's go to today's message. Again, wisdom for the money hungry. And here now is Pastor Robbie. I know at least for, for Jill and myself that our hardest, hardest financial times is when we were giving the least. Absolutely, 100%. You just trace it through our, through our marriage. You start trusting the Lord, what he says to trust him with, to honor him with the first fruits. It's amazing how the Lord grows you through that and how he comes through and how he comes through. The priority of our money is to honor the Lord. Hey, is, it, is this happening? Is this happening? Why? Be, because you love God. Because you worship God because you glorify God. Do you, see, do you see the heart of this? Do you see the heart of wisdom? It proves we honor him more than we honor ourselves. Wisdom understands this. Here's point number two. The danger of money or the peril of money, it can capture the heart. 
The danger of the love of money is that it can capture the heart greatly. I'm gonna put on the screen here a verse from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse one. Check this out. It says, but those who, and I wanna put this verse up because it's one of the best descriptions in the Bible of what can happen with the love of money. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and into a snare. I mean, just, I think of a snare, man. I think of a, a big trap just ready to snap down our legs and just cause us sitting there in pain and suffering into a snare into many sense, senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Wow. I mean, again, the Bible's not wasting words here. Those who desire to be rich, temptation of harmful desires plunge people into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Notice, it's not money itself. Money itself is not evil. It's the love of money. It's the worship of money that's evil. Money itself is just, what is it? It's a piece of paper. It's a couple of coins. But it's the adoration of money, the, the, the worship of money, the idolatry of money. That's the problem. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving, craving, craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. The love of money is dangerous. It can capture the heart. And it captures the heart. It takes away, again, the blessing and the fruit of our lives in the Lord. The danger is very clear. Let's look at Proverbs now to understand specific ways that money can be a hazard, the love of money can be a hazard in our lives. Uh, Here's the first one, the first hazard. I'll put these up on the screen beside me as well. The first hazard is this, burdensome debt. Watch out if you love money too much because that will find yourself into burdensome debt. Turn to Proverbs 22, uh, verse seven. Proverbs 22, uh, verse seven. Says this. Proverbs 22, verse seven. The rich rules over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. Now, The meaning behind rules over here is to have power or to have authority over someone. The point here is not comparing the rich to the poor, but the reality or the burden of excessive borrowing. The key phrase in this verse is the borrower is the slave of the lender. This explains a huge danger of the love of money. I don't think you can take God's word with integrity and say emphatically debt itself is a sin. I don't think you can do that. I think what you can do with the Bible is you can teach on debt that the Bible says debt can be dangerous, debt can certainly be foolish, debt can be excessive, and debt can be entirely unnecessary. That's where wisdom comes in. Wisdom sees when debt is dangerous. Wisdom sees when debt is foolish. Wisdom sees when debt is excessive. And wisdom sees when debt is unnecessary. And wisdom avoids it then at all costs because of the danger that it causes within our lives. When we are in debt to someone, in essence, we become their slaves. The reason this is true then, because we come under their control. When we are in debt to someone, we have forfeited freedom on some level. When you owe people a bunch of money, you are indebted to them, they have power over you. So the Bible here is giving a large warning as to the realities of assuming debt. It's a burden that is guaranteed. I've always marveled at the very root of the word mortgage is death grip. Mort and get, it is. Whether it was intended in the old English to say that, that's the root of it now, and that's fascinating to me. Death grip. The burdensome reality of debt in our lives, especially when it's excessive and foolish and unnecessary. Do you know Canadians per capita are reported to have the second highest household debt to income ratio in the world? 
That means that Canadians owe $1.63 for every $1 of disposable income they earn. By contrast, 10 years ago, Canadians owned $1 for every dollar of disposable income. And in 1980, Canadians owned 66 cents for every dollar of disposable income. The trend is not going in the right direction. What is that revealing? It's revealing the heart of idolatry, the love of money and the love of stuff. We cannot discipline ourselves to not purchase what we cannot afford. Canada's total mortgage debt stood at just over 1.1 trillion first quarter of this year, and consumer credit debt reached 500 billion at the end of the first quarter of this year. The Bible says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. What is this an appeal for? This is an appeal for wisdom today, loved ones. That's what it is. It's an appeal for wisdom. Lord, help us to wise up. We will not win. We will not win. As we allow debt to just cover and bury us over and as we love things and love stuff, we will not win. The foolish pursue this. Some of you are here right now and you're like, I am buried. Stewardship 101, you heard that announcement today. Stewardship 101 is a course designed to help you be freed from debt and to move on the principles of godly living that you may honor the Lord with the wealth that he has entrusted to you. I'd sign up today. Stewardship 101, to say, you wanna go your whole life in this way, the anxiety, the stress on your marriage, the burden that it is, the fear that you, the sleep that you lose, I mean, over money, God help us. God help us. The hazard of love of money is burdensome debt. Here's the second hazard, greed. Of course, greed. Proverbs 15, verse 27. Whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household, but he who hates bribes will live. Whoever is greedy for unjust gain troubles his own household. This verse speaks of greed and specifically greed in combination with unjust gain. It's not surprising then how many in verses and Proverbs condemn illegal activity or unjust gain as it relates to money. I counted 16 different verses in Proverbs that speaks this truth. So wisdom right now is listening to the word. Wisdom is hearing and understanding that integrity and money are so important to God. Integrity and money are so important to the Lord. Proverbs 20, I'll read it for you. Proverbs 20, 23. Unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord and false scales are not good. The love of money, loved ones, will tempt you towards unjust gain. Be very, very careful in this area. Again, the vast majority of the system of our world operates in the premise of greed and will take money no matter what, integrity doesn't matter, and unjust gain. Remember this too, in Revelation, one of the main reasons that Jesus Christ comes to destroy the system of evil represented in Babylon, and Revelation 18, the two main reasons that Jesus were the end of the world, the end of the world, and the opposition to Jesus himself, the two main sins are listed, sexual immorality and luxurious living. Sexual immorality, you can read it, Revelation 18. Sexual immorality and luxurious living. There is an obsession with our world to accumulate for self in unjust gain and greed to gather, to gather, to gather for the pride of man and the selfishness and self-indulgence of our luxuries. When you read that, you're like me. You do not want to be that person. You do not want to be associated with Babylon of all things. As Jesus comes to judge the entire world at that point, for those things, the church of all people should look entirely different. The church of all people should be giving to the kingdom of the Lord, not to the evil kingdom of this world. Watch out for, for burdensome debt. Watch out for greed. Watch out for this wickedness, wickedness. Wickedness happens when we love money too much. We are tempted towards wickedness. Proverbs 10, verse 2. 
Proverbs chapter 10, verse two says, you can turn, listen, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit. Proverbs 10, verse two, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. The Bible is telling us if we gain wealth through sin or wickedness, we think it will profit, they will never actually fulfill that promise or never fulfill that truth because it's not truth. They appear to hold value, they do not. One of the supreme examples of treasure gained by wickedness in the Bible is Judas Iscariot. And just think about this. He sells out the savior of the world for 30 pieces of silver. And he, he literally could not live with this to the point he took his own life. I don't blame him. He sells out the son of God for 30 pieces of silver. Wickedness, wickedness will not profit. Watch out, we love money too much. We're tempted to do things maybe we, we never thought we would do. And here's the fourth hazard I wanna bring to your attention, misguided trust. Do not trust in money. It will let you down every single time. Proverbs 11, verse 28. Proverbs 11, verse 28 says, whoever trusts in riches will fall. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall. But notice, the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. So every day we are tempted in our world to place trust in riches. I am and so are you. Every day we are tempted by our world because that's all the world ever tells us. Trust in riches, trust in riches. If we trust in riches, we will fall. The parable of the rich fool was this. The rich fool is going along. He has much wealth. He's doing great. He has so much. He needs a plan for storage. He needs a plan to store all the excess. By the way, Canada is second in the world leading in storage systems. So he built bigger barns, and then he chilled and wanted to enjoy life. Jesus told the parable. Here's how Jesus ends the parable in Luke chapter 12. Jesus says this, but God said to him, fool, fool, this night your souls are your soul. See, this, this is what matters the most. Like, like our souls, like where are our souls at? This night your souls required of you, and the things, the things that you have prepared, whose will they be? Fool. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Treasure for yourself, foolishness. Rich toward God, wisdom. Jesus says this, fool. Bigger barns, eat, drink, and be merry. This night, your soul is required of you. All the things you gathered, whose will they be? Randy Alcorn says this, he says, storing up earthly treasures isn't simply wrong. It's just plain stupid. He's right. Like theologically, that is absolutely precise. Storing up earthly treasures isn't just wrong. It's stupid. Wisdom says, I want to be rich toward God. Wisdom says, the love of money kills me. Wisdom understands the love of money kills wisdom in my life. So this is very important as we talk about these very important issues of the heart. This message is about the heart above all things. It's the heart. It's, I cannot serve God and money. So we talk about the danger of the love of money. Let's go through, here are five warning signs, I love money. Five warning signs, five warning signs, I love money. Number one, I will get money at all costs or I want money at all costs. 
That's a warning sign, obviously, that I am in the danger of loving money. So what does this mean? It means that money is the motivation. It is my motivation, and whatever it takes to get it, I will do. Uh, This means that people who love money in this way, laws, they're just optional. Corners, uh, they're meant to be cut. And honesty, well, that's a matter of opinion. Be very, very careful when you start rationalizing behaviors that are flat-out sinful. Here's the second warning, I love money. I never have enough. I never have enough. Truth be told, I'm not content. This person says, I simply want more and I will justify why I need more. Careful this too. This person says this, I've told myself in the past that when I get to here, I'll be good. But the reality is I lied, I want more. Here is not good enough. I said, when I get to this point financially, I'll be good. That'll be enough but I lied. I want more. Here's a third sign that I love money. I like to flaunt my money. I want people to notice my clothes. I want people to notice my jewelry. I want people to notice the car I drive. I want people to notice my house. And I will spend more than I make so that I can keep up an identity of wealth and carry on an image that impresses other people. That statement makes me want to throw up. This is a sign, though, that I love money. I like to flaunt it. Fourth sign, I love money too much. I easily spend on self, but I hardly give to others. This is the person who says, I have no problem dropping a couple hundred bucks on myself all the time. But when someone asks me for a small amount, especially someone in great need, I have a very hard time giving it to them. I mean, just just think about your heart in that way, how easy it is to drop money on whatever you want, the new gadget, the new thing, the new phone, the new piece of clothing, the new next, next. But when someone comes up and asks you for 10 bucks, donate to someone, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, whoa, my budget's really tight. Watch your heart. Watch your heart. Here's the fifth sign, I love money. I will sin to get more money. I will sin. I will just sin. What does that look like? So many things. Um, I will lie on tax returns. Why? Because I want more money. I will sin to do it. Um, I abuse expense uh, accounts at work. I abuse ex- expense accounts just because in, the, in reality, I just, I, I just want more. I steal from my workplace. Big or Small. Now, now, hear this. When it comes down to it, I compromise on biblical principles. I will compromise what I know honors God. I will compromise on biblical principles simply because I want more money. What does that reveal? That reveals in our lives that we truly love money more than God. That's what that reveals. It's a hard truth, but it's a very important truth today. I love you with truth today. Because this is a battle for the heart. Loved ones, watch out, watch out, watch out. Watch out. Wisdom runs away from the love of money because the love of money is very dangerous. The priority of money, the perils of money, and now this, the protection against the love of money, number three, is generosity. The protection against the love of money is generosity. Now, true protection against loving money starts with, I fear God. When I fear God, I gain wisdom. When I have wisdom, I want to be generous with what God has entrusted me with. The person of wisdom sees the hazard of loving money and again, runs. They, they, they take action in the opposite direction. One of the best actions against the love of money is generosity. Proverbs 11, we're still there. Proverbs 11, verse 24. Notice, verse 24, Proverbs 11. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. 
another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Beautiful verse. One gives freely, Proverbs 11, verse 24, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Here we find the amazing principle of generosity. So what does generosity do? It attacks the love of money. Notice, it's the person who gives freely, who gives cheerfully. At the very same time, the generous person, the Bible says, grows all the richer. Now, how often do we see, not always, but often we see the individuals that God entrusts with the most wealth are those who can be entrusted to give away the most as well. Not always, but often that is the case that we see with people. And so much we don't even understand. We think people who are wealthy, they're not, and people who look like they're not, they are. And they're giving and giving and giving. And God can entrust them with an abundance because he knows their heart will not be taken by it. But the reverse is true as well. Verse 24, the person who withholds, the person who hoards, the person who is selfish, they are promised to only suffer want. That could explain a lot in our lives right now. Critical question time. Would you classify yourself as someone who gives freely or someone who withholds? The irony here, the amazing truth of this, again, if you clench your fist on the things that God has entrusted you with and you only hold for self, you will find yourself lacking. If you trust the Lord, the one place in the Bible, God says, test me. If you open your hands, it's his anyways, and you release this, and you test God to see if he will come through, and you allow your heart to love the Lord more than money, and you stop worshiping these things, and we allow ourselves to give and give, we will see, we will see what God will do with that. We will be tested as well, and it will take faith. But I pray, I promise that we will be blessed in that as well. John Wesley said, make all you can, save all you can, give all you can, when a man becomes a Christian, he becomes industrious, trustworthy, and prosperous. Now, if that man, when he gets all he can and says all he can, does not give all he can, listen, listen, he says, I have more hope for Judas Iscariot than for that man. Wow. Here's my appeal to you two right now on wisdom. I look around this world right now, man. This world, I don't know, man. I'm not making any prophetic statements right now. I'm just saying, I mean, if you look at your Bible, I read through Revelation yesterday. I mean, just, I, just, I just got into that kind of mood and I was looking at stuff. I'm looking around the different events. I mean, if you, if you cannot look across this world right now and see things like uncertainty, fragility, urgency, I mean, if you can't look across this world and see like pandemic diseases and to, and to see the reality of wars and to see the instability of economies, I mean, if you can't look at our world right now and understand if you're gonna live for money, you're the biggest fool in the world. Like, if you can't look across our world right now and, to, and, and to, to see with wisdom, what really matters right now across our world? I mean, what really matters? Is it, is it getting the next best thing? Is it accumulating more stuff for ourselves? To look across our world, man, all I'm seeing is kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, the gospel, the gospel, the gospel, the glory of Jesus Christ, the glory of Jesus. I mean, all that matters. There's ever a time to give to the kingdom of God. It's now. I mean, it's now because that's all that matters. I mean, to accumulate things that in the end will just be destroyed and have no value. I mean, it any moment, everything could be lost. Give all you can to the Lord while you can right now. That's what my heart's saying. So my heart, it just makes so much sense to me. I mean, just look at what's happening. But what happens is we're so tunnel vision, we're so navel gazers, we're so blind in our own little things, we can't even look up long enough to look around and say, wow, the life is bigger than I am. There's so much, I'm just saying, if there's ever a time to give for the gospel, to give for the kingdom, I suggest it's today. 
I suggest it's now for the glory of the Lord because the time will come so soon. Again, again, I'm not making statements, but I, I will not be surprised if this whole thing goes down soon. And at that moment, Jesus returns. You're not caring about the bank account. You're caring about the gospel. That's it. Wisdom knows this. Wisdom knows this. Wisdom reacts to this. Wisdom is changed by this. So here's one of the bottom lines for today. Wisdom and knowledge. And put that statement on knowledge here just because I want to make sure we totally get what's happening here. Here's what knowledge takes away from this message. Knowledge from God's word says this. Knowledge says, I will never win with the love of money. I will never lose with generosity to God's kingdom. That's what the Bible's saying right now. The Bible's saying, here's knowledge. Can't win with love of money. Can't lose giving to God's kingdom. It's not wisdom yet. That's just knowledge. That's what the Bible tells us. It's a, it's a, it's a fact. The Bible tells us today, factually, can't win love of money. Can't lose with God's kingdom. So wisdom now does this. Wisdom says, I will now live as though this were true. Wisdom applies the knowledge they've been given. And the knowledge is can't win, can't lose. Wisdom says, I want to win. So I will live and I will change as a result that all that matters is the kingdom of God. Foolishness though, says this. I hear that, Pastor Robbie. I hear what God's saying, God's word. But in the end, I love money more than I love God. I hate to bottom line it for you this way, but I have to. Because that's what foolishness does in response to today's mess. And you have, to, you have to be aware of what's actually happening if you say you love Jesus Christ first. If we walk away from this message and we don't let it change us, then we are saying, I've heard what's being said, but in the end, I'm not gonna change because I love money more than I love God. See, we would never say we love money more than God, but what we do with this today, we'll say what we really do love. It is that clear and it is that simple and sometimes it is that scary. See, God's making it so clear for us. It comes down to what do I worship? What do I really love? You cannot serve God and money. I cannot serve God and money. But I appeal to you, loved ones, today, and I end here with the basis of the gospel. The gospel is our foundation for giving. See, wisdom sees the worth found in the gospel. Look at Philippians 3 on the screen here from the Apostle Paul. Here's the secret to the Apostle Paul's life. Before he gave this, these verses right here, he went through his resume of all the things he had going for him, all the human things that he could boast in. But he says this, whatever gain I had, gain from the world, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. So notice this. He's willing to lose everything because he understands where worth truly lies. Indeed, I count everything as loss, everything as loss because of the surpassing worth. See, that's what it comes down to. The worth of what? The worth of knowing Christ Jesus. What is that? It's the gospel. When I understand what I have in Jesus Christ, when thanksgiving is about the cross of Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the surpassing worth, when I see Jesus Christ in his glory, what he's done for me, that overcomes all other. It doesn't even, it's not even worth comparing to the treasures of the earth compared to the treasures of Christ. That's why he says, for his sake I've suffered the loss of all things and I count them as rubbish. In the Greek, that's dung. More literally, it's Yes, yes, it is. I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. You see, he loses everything because he's gained everything. 
He doesn't care about losing all the things because he knows he's gained everything. That is the appeal of the gospel right now. When you see Jesus Christ, when you love Jesus Christ, when you hold Jesus Christ in your life, if you truly, if I truly value him, giving becomes easy. Because at that point, we're giving away that which ultimately is for the Lord anyways. But if we love self and love the world, then the surpassing worth of Christ is hard to find. This is why Paul could do what he did, literally give his life to the point of death because his worth was in Christ so much. It's the gospel. Wow, well, a strong word from God's word today, a message of hope for all of us today. We pray that you receive that from the Lord today and your hearts are encouraged by that and you face this day delighting in the hope that's found in the Lord Jesus. And loved ones, just a reminder, we would love here at Live in the Light, we would love to hear from you if God's been moving in such a strong way, maybe even just today, providing you with that great message of hope. Our phone number is 1-844-22-LIGHT. That's 1-844-22-L-I-G-H-T. Or you can reach out to us via our website at liveinthelight.ca. Thanks for joining us today, listeners. We hope you join us again next time here on Live in the Light.